Insiders are concerned that President Biden's chances for re-election could be damaged by his unwavering support for Israel. But I think the bigger problem for Biden is that he is six years older than Israel. (laughs) (laughs) And Israel's in better shape, as I think everyone would agree. Even at this moment in time, this moment in history, still Israel is in better shape than Joe Biden. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, happy Monday and welcome to Thanksgiving week. I like to call it Thanksgiving week because it's the week of Thanksgiving. And you may have family coming over. Did you see the survey on things that people least want to talk about? at the Thanksgiving dinner table? I think one of them is Joe Biden, isn't it? The top 10 things that people don't want to talk about at the Thanksgiving dinner table. Yes, sir. Like, hey, did you go to one of those jihad colleges? Poison Ivy League? I uh, think uh, it's a a topic that ought to be uh, on everyone's lips, but uh, but we'll get into some of that. Uh, it is a very happy Monday. We've got, it's a little uh, brisk. I think it was 42 degrees when I was driving in. That's what my dashboard told me. 42 degrees, that's uh, Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit, that's what we use here. And, and uh, driving in, not a lot of people on the road. I don't know if uh, you noticed this today, Michael, but uh, my commute was uh, very easy this Monday morning, Thanksgiving week, holiday week, because in Washington, a lot of people are already on vacation. They go to communist China and to Venezuela and, you know, to Cuba for uh, holiday weeks. They go to the Caribbean, which they might call the Caribbean, and, and they, uh, they leave because they're not really into American traditions and things. They're Democrats, but they are pro-jihad, which is, I guess, kind of a recent development, although maybe not as recent as you might think. I was uh, doing a lot of reading over the weekend, as you might do, reading, 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 reading all kinds of stuff. And uh, one of the things that uh, we didn't really pay close enough attention to was this BDS movement. I know you're thinking that's bondage, discipline, and sadism that the Democrats so enjoy, BDS. No, that's BDSM, right? Isn't that BDSM? Uh, But they've got uh, BDS. That's the boycott, divest, and uh, uh, what is it? Strike or, uh, you know. Sanction, that's right, sanction uh, Israel because they're anti-Semites and they've been teaching this BDS thing in the uh, in uh, schools for years and years now and it just uh, realized its potential, I think, with all of these 20-somethings out there with their crazy, crazy kill the Jews, genocide, we love radical Islam, we love Osama bin Laden, very impressed by Osama bin Laden. Your Democrat party, they've been grooming that's right, grooming the child. The left hates it when you use the word grooming, and you're talking about them and children. Uh, it's not just for uh, gender dysphoria and sexual abuse. It's also to turn them into jihadis because the Democrat Party is quite peculiar. Quite peculiar. That's a for sure. And we've got a lot of Joe Biden. Joe Biden did. He had a heck of a weekend, didn't he? Now, my best girl and I, we had a great weekend. We had a wonderful weekend. We were out and about and doing stuff and seeing people in sports bar and football and eating food and having a good time. It was great. Beautiful fall weather and uh, sunny days, just uh, lovely and wonderful. Uh, Great time. And uh, Joe Biden, on the other hand, he was busy being creepy 
Wasn't he, Michael? He was, it was creepy. There was the little girl. Uh, what are you, 17? No, I'm six. I uh, Stay away from her. Stay away from the children. What is the matter with you people? He's touching her and sniffing her and talking about her ears. And oh, just uh, what a freak show. And also, little noticed. Michael Piercy noticed it, though. When meeting with Xi Jinping and uh, all of the 21 APEC uh, people, you know, uh, in California, there was a speech going on, big round table with all the world leaders. They're world leaders, you know. And they're all, I'm so unimpressed with world leaders these days. The state of world leaders, the state of world leadership, uh, not what it ought to be and not what it once was, that's for sure. Completely crazy. But Joe Biden, this big round table, and one of the world leaders was speaking to the microphone, you know, and uh, everybody was listening attentively, except Joe Biden, who just got up out of his chair in the middle of this speech and walked around the round table and went to Xi Jinping, who didn't expect to have Joe Biden walk up on him. He thought maybe Joe was headed to the little boy's room or something. But Joe came over and he grabbed Xi Jinping's hand and started shaking it. And Xi Jinping's looking at him like, what are you, nuts? What are you doing? I mean, the guy's in the middle of a speech. We're in the middle of an APEC meeting. And Xi Jinping, he stood up, right? He stood because there's a president of the United States. And so Xi Jinping stands up and, and he said something about Ricochet Rabbit. It was hard to hear, but something about Ricochet Rabbit. And Joe Biden is standing there shaking his hand and talking, sweet as you please, like there's nothing else going on in the room. But this other world leader was in the middle of his speech. And, uh, and the crazy thing is Xi Jinping doesn't speak English. No English for him. So um, so he didn't understand a word that Joe Biden was saying. And Joe Biden, apparently unaware of the fact that Xi Jinping doesn't speak English, just kept rambling on like a nitwit, like a dimwit, like a numbskull. And uh, Xi Jinping kind of shaking his head and he's looking around until finally his uh, translator came over, his interpreter, you know, so that he could start explaining to Xi Jinping what Joe Biden was talking about. And it took, you notice it took the, the interpreter a little bit of time to get over there. You notice that, Michael? Took him kind of long. To, so he's been killed, which is, you know, sad, but not by Chinese standards. So we got that going. And then, yeah, Joe Biden, with all this weirdness, he had a lot of weird moments over the weekend. And we've got some of them for you. We can't do all of them because it's only a three-hour radio program. But, but we'll get to as many as we can. Speaking of Democrats who are pro-jihad, have you noticed this? They're suddenly pro-jihad. They're on the side of the jihad. And the thing is, that sounds crazy, right? Like, what are they doing pro-jihad? The most extreme, radical, bloodthirsty people on the planet um, are the jihadis, you know? Well, not really. It turns out that the most extreme, bloodthirsty people on the planet are actually the left. And that's been true for more than 100 years now. I, I start the clock with the Bolshevik Revolution in St. Petersburg in 1917, you know, Vladimir Ilyich Yulinov, a.k.a. Lenin. I like to start the clock there. You could go back a little further to, you know, Karl Marx and Das Kapital and all that stuff, but uh, the Communist Manifesto. But uh, I like to start it when they really start killing people because, boy, they didn't slow down. You know, uh, they just they just kill and kill and kill. Like, you know, the jihadis must be drooling with envy when they look at the left and the number of people that they've murdered crazy. So we've got to all this uh, nutty stuff. The New York Post had a great story about a, an American who moved to China, who became very wealthy selling his, you know, kind of internet business, uh, Singham. And uh, this guy lives in Shanghai. 
And he is behind the curtain funding a lot of these leftist groups that are pro-jihad. And it's interesting that he chose to live in communist China after making hundreds of millions of dollars in the United States and then fund left-wing causes here in the United States from China. That's uh, pretty amazing stuff. And they're all over the place, the jihadis, you know. Uh, Arizona State University, they, uh, they're chanting and said, oh, and actually they're chanting about intifada, and I believe we have this audio, Michael, intifada and revolution. They're chanting intifada, the radical Islamic jihadi uprising against Israel, and uh, revolution, which is communist left terminology. And at uh, Arizona State University, the leaders there, their leaders, their leftists, I'm making quotation marks with my fingers, they've got the mob of, uh, of uh, brain-damaged youths out there that have been brainwashed since early childhood, and they're chanting intifada and revolution. Okay, that's the United States of America. And uh, also I noticed in D.C. at Union Station where the mob of jihadis gathered white, suburban, college-educated jihadis, uh, who may end up blowing themselves up before all is said and done. They're at Union Station, and the big banner, I don't know if you noticed this, Michael, the big banner that a bunch of them are carrying, the uh, the Party for Socialism and Liberation are out there pretending to be pro-Hamas. Well, they are pro-Hamas because they like murder wherever they see it, and, you know, and kidnapping and hostages and rape because the left specializes in all of that. Pretty amazing stuff. And... Um, and, you know, the New York Post actually covers a lot of these news stories that the rest don't. But the uh, the Marxism behind the curtain is very much a part of what we're witnessing here in the United States, America, on our streets and all the madness and, and stuff. So I want to get into some of that today. Also, the Washington Post is very upset and they, they because Joe Biden is a horrible, awful president, and they're afraid that he might lose next year, then they would lose their grip on power. And that's all they care about. They don't care if Joe Biden is severely brain damaged as long as they occupy the White House. They'd, you know, they'd, they'd put Hugo Chavez or in there. They'd, they'd put Raul Castro in there in the White House as long as he served the interests of the Democrat Party. They could care less. It's just a zero-sum power game for them. And we've got, uh, we've got some uh, stuff on this because... The Marxism is uh, very much a part of, of uh, the whole thing. But now the left and the Washington Post, very upset, said that the uh, Democrats are wetting the bed, wetting the bed. They're so panicked about Joe Biden, and the poll numbers are bad for Joe Biden, too. Donald Trump is beating him all over the place, and that freaks him out. And that means Donald Trump is in grave danger because he poses a threat to the power of the left in the United States of America. That puts you in a really tenuous place, a dangerous place. Not only is the Washington Post concerned about the Democrats' bedwetting, you may remember, Michael, I didn't even mention this earlier, but James Carville a while back talked about how he's been wetting his bed, right? And his wife got him rubber sheets or something like that, which I always thought they already had, the two of them. But uh, they're concerned about bedwetting. And the New York Times did a story, remarkably, about the learning loss in American schools and the American educational system because of the left-wing lockdowns of children. You know how they love to lock down children? They do love to lock down children, don't they? Creepy people. Creepy people. So we've got a certain amount of that for you, and that's uh, that's good stuff. Yes, sir, the learning loss, the New York Times, the 
wetting the bed in the Washington Post for the Democrats. And, and uh, Joe Biden is babbling to Xi Jinping and everybody's looking at him like he's completely nuts and the media completely ignores it. Oh, also, I told you about the story a couple of weeks ago now. In Ohio, a per-per man, per-per man, uh, was run over by a vehicle because he's a Palestinian-American, right? And the poor man was just uh, crossing a street, and some white racist rolled down his window and yelled curse words at him about you people. You know, you can't say you people because that's English, and they're killing the English language. Uh, but it uh, turns out that this Palestinian man, this, this young man, he was— uh, he was run over by this vehicle with a guy cursing at him and, and, and using ethnic slurs, you know, because you people and him, he's a Muslim and he's a Palestinian. Now, how the guy just driving by knew that he was a Muslim and knew that he was a Palestinian, nobody could explain at the time. But now it turns out he's been arrested, the faker, because his brother beat him up. Nobody ran him over. There was no white racist. But every liberal has been citing this as another case of how we're such uh, terrible people and, and uh, gosh, the, you know, run over this guy and yell at him that he's, uh, you know, you people, you Palestinians. And, and again, I don't know how you, if you're driving your car down the street and you look at somebody walking down the sidewalk, you say, hey, there's a Palestinian, because that happens, right? <laughs> right? And uh, just, uh, just amazing. Yeah, so this guy... Uh, it turns out he's been, the Palestinian has been arrested for staging, contriving a fake hate crime because it turns out he's a Lion Sacagawea, Lion Sacagawea, this guy. And uh, now he's been arrested. So I'll update you on that because that's an important story. Uh, uh, uh. Yeah, arrested for lying about being the victim of an anti-Palestinian hate crime. It never made it. It was like the Juicy Smoulet story. I laughed at it when I saw it because I knew it wasn't true. Um, the moment I saw the story, it didn't make any sense. And now the Palestinian's been arrested. He's going to be turned over to the Israelis. And uh, he's going to be put into a tunnel. they put him in a tunnel and then they're going to flood the tunnel. Just because. Yes, sir. We got also uh, friends of mine, including my best girl, down at the big pro-Israel rally on the mall last week, a week ago tomorrow, Tuesday, right? It was last Tuesday. And uh, was hanging out over the weekend. And I've got an update for you on that, that rally because I have the best sign, the best sign spotted at the rally of 300,000 people on the mall. That's coming up. And we are at 888-630-9625. Hey, it's Chris Plant, excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford anything, wherever you listen. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Visit ChrisPlantCruise.com. Now, the Democrats love victimhood, 
The most exalted status on the left is that of victim by virtue of race or class or gender, sexual orientation or whatever it is. And you can get a hat trick, you know. You can uh, get a free cheeseburger if you check enough boxes. It's And they loved this story uh, about a week ago. 20-year-old, more than that, Ohio man, 20-year-old Ohio man arrested for allegedly lying about being victim of anti-Palestinian hate crime, colon, they love their colons, cops. Patrick Riley writes the story for the New York Post. An Ohio man has been arrested for allegedly lying to police about being the victim of an anti-Palestinian hate crime. Sure. Hashem A. Ayad, 20, 20 years old, told the Cleveland chapter of, here we go, the Council on American-Islamic Relations, that's CARE, they're engaged in soft jihad against our culture, against our society. The media gobbles it up because they're lapdogs for death. That a driver had hurled anti-Palestinian slurs at him and then hit him with his car. You know, he drove the car, I knew him, crashed into according to an October 23rd CARE press release, demanding an investigation into the incident. They're always demanding, aren't they? Uh, Demand comes with an implied threat, doesn't it? North Ridgefield police arrested Ayad and uh, said that he lied about the encounter and that his injuries had come from a fight with his brother. His brother should get 100 years in prison and then be deported, I think. Ayad told CARE that uh, officials and, and officials that uh, he was uh, walking from uh, walking home from from eating lunch uh, near a uh, a border of Olmstead Falls and North Ridgeway, and he uh, he said a vehicle slowed down beside him, and that the driver yelled a statement, "Kill all Palestinians!" Now, how would he know? Was he walking with a Palestinian flag or something like that? And long live Israel! That's what he yelled, kill all Palestinians and long live Israel, according to the press release. The driver then turned around and hit the man while shouting, die. (laughs) He's got a healthy fantasy life. And it turns out, of course, it didn't happen. His brother beat him up. Very violent, very violent uh, people. Violent people? His brother beat him up anyway. And uh, none of it happened. None of it happened. But the media will never correct their initial reports. Yeah, so that's how I love this uh, Council on American Islamic Relations. They're as trustworthy as Hamas any day of the week. And they had this guy in Ohio. And here they got pictures of him laying in a hospital bed with a neck brace. And he's got a tube going up his nose. And he's got the blood pressure cuff. He's wearing a hospital, uh, what, a smock? What are they calling it? Gown, hospital gown. That's right, a hospital gown. And there he is, and he's in a hospital bed. And you can almost hear the beeping when you look at the photograph. Beep, beep, beep. And it was all made up. And so just another fake hate crime, which I believe a majority of them are. We've been tracking these fake hate crimes for years and years now. And they go all over the place. It's completely nuts. But uh, this guy... I don't know if he's deportable. He should be catapulted into the Atlantic Ocean, I think, with a, a giant massive. We should build a giant catapult and uh, see if it would make it all the way to the Gaza Strip. Just send him airborne whew, uh, through the sky via catapult. 
and CARE Cleveland. The news media treats CARE like they're the burning bush of truth, which they do with Hamas now also in the in the Gaza Strip um, because they're not a legitimate news media. It's They're not truth seekers. And it's great, actually, the, the New York Post piece at the bottom does say the incident is reminiscent of Juicy Smollett and his hoax case in which the actor was found guilty of staging, staging, faking, a racist and homophobic attack on himself, which he arranged himself uh, because he wanted to be a victim, and then lying to the Chicago police about it, which you might expect him to do because he's Juicy Smollett. How's Juicy doing? Is his... Does he have a new uh, uh, television series yet or a big movie deal? Because I assume that he will be resuscitated. His career will be pretty amazing stuff. I should also mention that, uh, because it's important, that the former first lady of the United States of America, Rosalind Carter, died. And that is very sad. And she was a very nice woman. And, you know, uh, Rosalind Carter and Jimmy Carter were married for more than 77 years. She was 18 when they got married. Jimmy was four years older. He was a Naval Academy graduate. And uh, But um, the, the death of, uh, uh, we found out last night, we were at a sports bar watching football, but Rosalind Carter died. And, and that's uh, very sad. You know, she, uh, she was perfectly nice. Her husband's presidency was a disaster. But it wasn't as bad as Joe Biden's. So Jimmy Carter lived long enough to see a worse president come along. And I guess that's good for him, but really bad for the world. Rosalind Carter was 96 years old. 96 years old. God bless her. And uh, Jimmy is still hanging in there. He is, uh, he's been in hospice for uh, about a year and a half or something. But, you know, God bless him. He hangs in there too, doesn't he? Boy, does he. And, and then something ridiculous happened because the Clintons decided to put out a statement. And Bill Clinton, he's got an X account. He hasn't been banned, even though, you know, all the various things, but he could be. But Bill Clinton put out a, a, uh, an X post in which he or someone close to him wrote, Rosalind Carter was the embodiment of a life lived with purpose. My and Hillary's full statement and then posted on the bottom of this this tweet, this X post, is Bill and Hillary's full statement. And the full statement, I want to share with you, the full statement reads, statement from President Clinton and Secretary Clinton on the passing of Senator Dianne Feinstein. That's what it says. And then it says, Hillary and I are deeply saddened by the passing of friend Senator Dianne Feinstein. They, they have like, you know, some people, uh, you might have a drawer at home where you keep a stack of birthday cards and anniversary cards and maybe even holiday cards just so you got them handy when you forget at the last minute, right? And apparently they've got a stack of, uh, you know, obituaries and sad statements for uh, aging Democrats. And so they're, uh, they're mourning the loss in a very heartfelt way. Bill and Hillary Clinton of Rosalind Carter, and they posted the very sad statement mourning the passing of Senator Dianne Feinstein instead because 
they screw everything up, don't they? They're just amazing. Hillary and I are deeply saddened, they said, by the passing of our friend, Senator Dianne Feinstein, a pioneering public servant who worked tirelessly on behalf of California and all of America throughout her long life. Sure, the mayor of San Francisco helped heal the wounds. I don't think that's true. Left by the assassination of Supervisor Harvey Milk and Mayor George Moscone. You know, they were murdered. I can't believe that's in the second line of the statement. And by the way, the murderer in that case was an elected Democrat. Uh, And uh, he was there to murder George Moscone. And he killed Harvey Milk, who was a gay man, as an afterthought on the way out the door. What was his name? Um, uh, Daniel Young? Was it Daniel Young? <clears throat> it's, uh, but he, um, he was an elected Democrat, a member of the Board of Supervisors. White. Daniel White. Daniel White, right. And, uh, and he murdered Mira Moscone. And then on the way out, he saw Harvey Milk, and he was reminded, oh, yeah, I don't like that guy either. So he shot and killed Harvey Milk. But because Harvey Milk was a gay man who had taken in an underage street boy to be his sex toy in his apartment, but pay no attention to that because that's okay. Um, Harvey Milk had movie, you know, he's got a movie made. I think they got a Broadway play. They've got scholarships. They got documentary movies. They got all kinds of stuff. But Harvey Milk was an afterthought when uh, Daniel White, the elected Democrat on the San Francisco Board of Supervisors, went to City Hall that day to kill the mayor, and then, oh, yeah, on the way out the door. But <clears throat> but the story goes very differently. You know, Harvey Milk was killed. Well, he was a city councilman, board of supervisors, but he was really there to murder the mayor, which he did, and he was an elected Democrat, and that is always left out. In fact, they made that movie called Milk, right, with uh, Jeff Spicoli playing, uh, playing Harvey Milk. And I think it won all the awards that there are to win and, and things like that. And, I, the, and the movie may have left out that the murderer was an elected Democrat because that, that doesn't fit with the storyline. But in any case, uh, Bill and Hillary Clinton put out a statement mourning the loss of Senator Dianne Feinstein because of the passing of Rosalind Carter. They may have put out a follow-on, <laughs> a follow-on statement getting it right, <clears throat> but you never know. You're a Democrat party. Boy, it's good to be a Democrat, isn't it? That's pretty amazing stuff. The Democrats. Just nuts. Just nuts. Crazy man, crazy. The Daily <clears throat> the Daily Mail has a story on it, but the Washington Post doesn't, and the New York Times doesn't because they don't cover the news. They cover it up. That's what goes on with them. All right, now... How many other uh, Democrat jihadis are there, Michael? I think there are a great many. Dem- Am I right about that? A great many Democrat jihadis? Gosh, there are a lot of them. We've got them on college campuses. We've got uh, Rashida Tlaib had to cancel. They were claiming it was a security event that forced her to cancel her Arizona State University pro-jihad appointment. And And honestly, how is it that college campuses and young Democrats who self-describe as liberals have become pro-Hamas, pro-Jihad, pro-Osama bin Laden because their malleable young minds have been infected by the left, by the Democrat Party over the years, and they were raised on this, raised on it. 
completely insane, but it's the left. Make no mistake. Now, because there are so many things to get to today, and there are, I, uh, I want to get to the audio of, uh, of Carol Markowitz at the New York Post. Uh, but we also have to get to the audio from the Rashida Tlaib at Arizona State University, where the, the chants at Arizona State University were genocidal, and they're coming from young, American, mostly Caucasian students who self-describe as liberal, and uh, turns out they're not. I've been saying this for how long now, Michael? They're not liberals. They're the left. They're not liberals. They're the left. And this should be duly noted because everything has changed. Everything has changed with these guys. And also Joe Biden being a creep. This is a lot of fun as well. Joe Biden was being creepy over the weekend because it is his nature to be creepy. And... um, and he crept up on a little girl and got weird with her. Yeah, let's go to Joe Biden. Then we'll get to the Democrat jihadis after we do a little. Oh, because it's Joe Biden's birthday, too. Did you know that? Is And this has got the Democrats in a flop sweat panic, too. He's turning, Joe Biden is turning 81 years old today. 81 years old. And that was that we opened with a joke about Joe Biden being 81 years old, uh, which means he's older than Israel, right? He's older than Israel. And that was the joke that, one of the late-nighters told, and it's not entirely bad, but uh, here's Joe Biden creeping up on a on a young girl, and this is a, a gathering. It's a public event, of course. Well, a, an event with invited guests where he's playing the role of the President of the United States, and, um, and there were children there, and they were going to, what were they going to show, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory? The new, the new Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh, is that with, like, all... Uh huh. So it's all like LGBTQ people of color who can't be fat and things like that, right? But uh, but Joe was there. Joe Biden was there, and he crept up on a little girl, which was weird by itself. And then he said strange things to her about uh, her ears and how old are you? And he thinks she's seventeen and. He really, his brain doesn't work, and he is sexually creepy with younger and younger girls, and the Democrats are ready for him to go. And I love your ears. I love them. They're really cool. What's your name? Catherine. Catherine, what a beautiful name. That's my mommy's name. Well, nice to see. How old are you, 17? Six. Are you 17? Are you 17? No, I'm six. You pervert, honestly. Um, now, there's always the, the question when he says, that was my mother's name, as to whether that's actually true or not. You have to double-check double that because Joe Biden is not really a truth-telling guy. He's, uh, he's a Democrat. He's a Democrat. So what are you, 17, which would make you street legal in Washington, D.C.? No, Mr. President, creepy boy. The subtitle said, I'm six. And the adults are kind of looking around, eyes are darting around like, what uh, What the heck? I uh, I got to say, this is he's getting weird already. Yes, he is. Um, Joe Biden. 
And by the way, I like kids better than people. <laughs> I wish I could stay and watch Wonka with you, but I'm not going to get to do that. He wants to stay and watch Wonka with you, but he's not going to get to do that. And he likes kids better than he likes people. What is it? we got to hear the first part of that again because um, he likes kids better than he likes people, so kids aren't people. And by the way, I like kids better than people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Joe, but now, honestly, this man has to go. And the Democrats are all freaked out because they know he has to go, but they are apparently paralyzed when it comes to finding a way to get rid of him. Uh, not that they try to do things graciously as a rule, but perhaps they're looking to get rid of him in a gracious way. And the Washington Post is very upset because they say at the Washington Post that Democrats everywhere are wetting the bed. Wetting the bed, that's what they're saying, that the Democrats are wetting the bed because they're in a panic about Joe Biden being the nominee next year, and they think that he will lose. Turns out his mother's name was Catherine, but setting that aside for the moment. the uh, Yeah, the Washington Post. Biden campaign works to ease Democratic anxiety over re-election chances, the Washington Post reports. And the... The Democrats, very, very upset, very anxiety-ridden over this because they know that he's a loser and that he's being propped up by the news media, by their friends and allies in the news media, and they're in a panic, a flop-sweat panic, and they, they're wetting the bed all over. You may remember, again, James Carville talked about his wetting the bed and how his wife, Mary Madeline, has gotten him rubber sheets or something. The polling that I've seen or anybody else has seen is not very good. I, there was a memo. Uh, my friend Jim Messina said, I said, Democrats need to quit bedwetting. But my wife's already changed me to rubber sheets. <laughs> it's a good one. His wife's already changed him to rubber sheets and shackles. But that's another discussion for another day. And Joe Biden told a lie. There were uh, members of the U.S. military president uh, present at a Joe Biden event. And uh, he told a lie that has been debunked as a falsehood again and again and again. But his brain is so broken that he just keeps telling the same story. That's coming up. That's my mommy's name. And I'm going to get back to Joe Biden lying to the military people as he so often does. But right now, I see a call on the screen I want to grab. Let's go to Sean, calling from Deutschland, calling from Germany, which we keep in Europe. And uh, Sean, you used to work with Cobble Kirby, is that right? I did, Chrissy. He wouldn't remember me. I was uh, I was uh, on one of the supporting staffs for, uh, for Admiral Mullen. Uh, in the Pentagon, and uh, but you know he was he was just as big a gold brick artist then as he is today. So, <laughs> no kidding. Tell me more. Oh, it's just I mean every time you know it was always uh, telling us what the boss wanted and the boss wants this and the boss wants that and 
uh, he just made our lives very difficult. So um, it was, uh, he was very insistent and a difficult guy to kind of be around. So <laughs> is that right? So you're, you're an army officer and you have now left the United States army. Yeah, I retired about two weeks ago. Congratulations. Congratulations. And you worked uh, Admiral Mullen when he was um, the uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. You were in the Pentagon working uh, on the Joint Staff. I did, yes. Uh, and Cabal Kirby was in there. And, and you've uh, seen him rise in prominence. And uh, is that a source of agitation? No, not really. I grew up in in Virginia, like most of your listeners, and you know you you see uh, you see the people uh, that flock to D.C. and over the years, and they um, you know they go to prominence uh, based off of the same type of um, the same type of, of action. So yeah, yeah, and, <laughs> and that's the part that's the part we have to be careful about. You know, as they yeah, well, the same kind of action, meaning that they're uh, go along to to get along. Uh, suck-ups and political players, and uh, integrity is not really their thing, but clawing their way to the middle is. Well, he was always, he was, I was always very good at, at selling, uh, you know, the, the uh, point of the day, which, you know, during that time was uh, the Iraq war. So he was always trying to sell the, um, you know, the, the company line. So he was very good at that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're like right. He is. Today. He is. He is, and that's uh, why we call him Cobble Kirby, right? Because he's our very own Baghdad Bob, right, Sean? Good stuff. Sean, thank you for calling in from Deutschland. We are saluting you, sir. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together... It's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on, right? How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra driver? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.